Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside Matt Walters from the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. Matt, Kyle, and David, they're all retirement income planning specialists serving you at Mach 1 Financial Group in Northwest Arkansas. Find them all online at mach-onefinancial.com. That's mock-the-number-one-financial.com, or you can reach out and call the office 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Matt, hello, and welcome into the show. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Good to be with you, as always. Enjoying the little bit cooler weather. Yes, hoping it will cool down a little bit more as far as that goes. It's not quite what we want to see here yet this fall, but that's okay. I know the cold is coming, so I guess I better enjoy the last bit of warmth while we have it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got some interesting questions that have come into our mailbag, so let's do a mailbag edition of the show today. We've got some great ones, like I said, from folks all around the area. We love hearing from you. If you ever want to submit a question, you can do that. Again, all you got to do is check out their website, mock1financial.com. That's mock-the-number-one-financial.com. And we'll kick it off with a question from Kirk and P. Ridge. Kirk says, I hear all this talk about long-term investing and saving, but what about the short term? Is there anything better than sitting in cash? What would you suggest considering a one-year timeline and a five-year horizon? Yeah, Kirk, excellent question. This is one that I'm asked a lot. A lot of times people have money that maybe they've set aside for a particular purpose or reason. They know they're going to need to access it more in the short term, you know, often in the five years or less kind of window. And so it's an interesting question just to jump into things. My approach has always been if we're looking at any less than a five-year horizon or timeline, we probably don't want to invest directly into the market or invest in something that there's potential for losses, especially, you know, substantial losses. So I typically take a very, very conservative approach both personally and professionally with my clients when there's that very short time horizon. You know, there's a lot of different options out there. Rates have obviously been historically very, very low over the last five, six, seven years. But as we see the Fed start to increase rates, we see some more competitive, more attractive interest rates out there. Still not like they were back in the day, but we're starting to see some CD specials and those types of things some higher rates on very short-term annuities, fixed annuities, multi-year guarantee annuities. So you could find a pretty competitive rate with something like that that would give you, you know, the ability right now to maybe earn two and a half to five percent, depending on what you were doing, what type of product, CD, annuity, something to that effect, without, you know, the potential for losses. So, you know, you could take an approach with a conservative market-based strategy with bonds or something like that. But again, I've always said, let's not get too complicated. If our time horizon is in that five years or less window, let's go out there, shop rates with annuities, CDs, savings accounts, money market accounts, whatever it might be, and use something like that. I know I had a client call in just the other day asking about rates and CD rates. And so I actually help that individual just shop rates essentially and you know we were looking at a very short time horizon one to two years and so we just shopped around and found the best rate a lot of times banks will be doing these cd specials so 
As always, Kirk, you can feel free to call us here at the office. We're always going to be more than happy to help walk you through what your best options might be. It is something as rates continue to increase, you know, you do want to keep liquidity because we don't want to get tied into something too long term. If we expect rates to increase, that way we could maybe take advantage of slightly higher rates, you know, a year or two from now. So those are things to take into consideration, and that would kind of be my approach in this type of situation. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Kirk. Of course, we wish you the best, and I'd actually be curious to see what you come up with with that short of a horizon. But like Matt said, as always, you can reach out to the office. Kyle, David, and Matt would all be more than willing to work with you on the specifics of that. Thanks for writing in, and let's move over now to Valerie, who's right here in Bentonville. And Valerie says, a friend of mine said I should investigate doing a self-directed IRA. I love her question. What is that? Yeah, this is interesting. I will first admit I'm not an expert when it comes to self-directed IRAs, but I was having a conversation. I've done quite a bit of research on these and have had a lot of people ask. I've looked into it for myself and actually had a pretty lengthy phone conversation with a buddy of mine the other day talking about self-directed IRAs. He's big into the real estate investing world and he had a lot of questions on this. So this is a topic that's fresh on my mind and it's a good question to ask. A self-directed IRA from a tax standpoint is handled identical to what we would call like a traditional IRA. Or if you had a 401k and rolled it over into a traditional IRA, it might be called a rollover IRA. But from a tax standpoint, they're all handled the same. You know, we haven't paid taxes on the money yet. And when we take that money out as income in the future in retirement, that's going to be 100% taxable income. A self-directed IRA, again, is taxed in that same manner. But it opens up the doors in terms of how we can invest that capital. So, you know, let's say we have a lump sum in an IRA and we're in the real estate world or we're wanting to invest in some kind of non-standard investment options that are out there. We could actually use a self-directed IRA and instead of putting that money into a mutual fund or investment strategy or bond strategy or something, you know, with the market or in the market, we could actually invest those funds directly into real estate. So some key points and advantages there that if you're looking to make some very hands-on active investments like that, it would be something worth looking into. But I will say from my experience and my research and the time I've spent looking into these accounts, there are some cons to them. And those would be just they require a lot more hands-on activity. It takes a lot more work on your end because if the funds aren't actively being invested, then they're just sitting there in cash and you're paying some custodian or some firm that does self-directed IRAs a fee and the money's just sitting there in cash. So you have to be prepared and willing and ready to constantly be looking for opportunities and investing that, whether it be in real estate or some other type of investment. Paperwork-wise, they can be pretty daunting, I know. And so that's why you would definitely want to work with a firm that does that and manages these self-directed IRAs. But when I get asked the question after we talk through all the pros and cons, typically people find out that it's not what they maybe originally thought it was and that it's not what makes the most sense for them just because it does require a lot of work and active management on the client's end to make sure the money is being invested and used wisely. But that said, depending on your situation and what you're looking to do, I would be more than happy to have a conversation with you about that or would encourage you to do some research and reach out to a professional to ask questions and to see if that would be a good fit for you and your situation. 
And finally, let's wrap it up with a question from Gordon. Gordon is in Bella Vista, and Gordon says, I really want to get into rental properties, but we have some student loans we need to pay off. Do we need to do that before getting into the landlord game? Ooh, I know the landlord game is a complicated one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually just got out of it. We just sold our last rental property, and life's been a little less stressful since we <laughs> sold that property. So, it's like buying uh, a boat, right? The first yeah, day and the yeah. last day are the best days. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just kidding, Gordon. It can be a good investment, but like we're saying, it is complicated. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of investing in rental properties and real estate, so I'm never trying to necessarily talk anyone out of that. But Gordon, in, in this situation, I would definitely say you would want to go after those student loans, pay those down and get rid of those before we started looking at a type of investment like owning rental properties and being a landlord just because of there is a lot of risk with that. It can obviously be mitigated and done in a way that hopefully the risk is lower than you know it can be. But there's a lot of risk and a lot of variables that we don't necessarily control in the landlord business. And so before you dive headfirst into that, I would definitely suggest paying off all of your debt, especially student loan debt. You know, it's an interesting question if you wanted to talk about, you know, should I pay off my primary residence before I started looking at rental properties? That's a little bit different type of conversation and something that would be kind of on a individual basis. But student loans, credit card debt, anything like that, I would definitely pay down and get rid of before looking at real estate opportunities from an investment standpoint. Well, we certainly thank the three of you for writing in today, Kirk, Valerie, and Gordon. As we said, if you want your question to be featured on the show on the Mach 1 Market Moment, you can submit a question online at mock-1financial.com. That's mock-1financial.com. Or you can call and come into the office. Matt, what does that look like for folks who want to come in and sit down with you guys? Yeah, they just reach out to us. We're always more than happy to sit down with anybody regardless of their situation, just reach out, call us here at the office, 479-876-2100. You can always feel free to just stop by at a moment's notice. We'll try to get you on the calendar and fit you in. And I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you to see if we could be a resource and would be a good fit for you moving forward. Again, that number to call is 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Two one zero zero. I have Matt Walters on the show with me today. He'd be more than happy to sit down with you, answer any questions you have. Him, Kyle Alexander, or David Lee, the team from Mach 1 Financial Group, they'd love to offer you a complimentary review of your financial situation. Just call 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. And Matt, as always, thank you for joining us on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Thanks, Mark. Take care. We'll do it all again next time on another edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services through Capel Advisory Solutions, LLC, DBA Fusion Capital Management. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Please see full disclosures at www.mock-1financial.com.